Welcome to the Northern Business Podcast. Each week, we're talking to people who are active in business and the economy about the big issues driving growth in the north of England. We're sponsored by Virtue Motors, one of the UK's largest motor retailers. Check out its website at virtuemotors.com. I'm Graham Robb, owner of Recognition PR. We help scores of business promote their products and their services, and some are featured on this podcast. Make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Down the line today, we have Vicky Wilson, founder and CEO of a bereavement admin service called Settled, which is based in Sunderland. We also have Chris Wilshire. Now, Chris is the head of Northwest office at the UK private and commercial bank, Arbuthnot Latham. And later, my colleague, Joss Haberkin, will be talking to Donna James from Populous Select about the increase in wages and recruitment in STEM very appropriate in light of this week's unemployment figures. So first of all, let's join our guests down the line, Chris and uh, Vicky. Uh, Chris, first of all, I can turn to you. It, banks have been in the news uh, quite a lot recently, particularly with the select committee in the House of Commons asking whether their higher interest rates are being passed around fairly. But your bank is a, a little bit different, isn't it? Because it's a it's not one of the high street clearing banks, not what, what the man in the street would use, but maybe businesses or people with specific banking needs. Yeah, that's right. We, um, we've been supporting clients um, right the way through actually the low interest environment as well with um, what we feel are competitive returns on their deposits. So um, it's been, been difficult until very recently to get that. Um, we've we've moved in line with base rate increases, passing back um, passing back those rates to our depositors. So um, it, it's it's nice to see the rest of the market catching up with us. But, uh, I was uh, checking before I interviewed you, checking your deposit rates, and they were all uh, over five percent. And I haven't seen that when I've looked at bank websites for a very long time. Yeah, we like I say, we're, we're constantly. Uh, reviewing where you know where rates are where we think they're headed our treasury department are very active on that and we're we're active with our clients in terms of helping them to stay ahead of uh, of, the, of the next increase now you're based in the northwest and and the bank uh, obviously offers its services across uh, the north of england what makes you different what kind of uh, organizations do you serve and how do you do it differently to the regular big name banks yeah um so we are we're a private bank for for, for starters and that's i suppose in both senses of of the word in terms of the way that we look after clients we, we, we look after private clients but we're also ma uh, majority privately owned and that changes the way we approach um the the kind of the the banking business um i look after the manchester office we've got a, a head office in london which is been around for 190 years so long long time and um we we really we really deliver old-fashioned values in terms of um, what clients might expect from from banking i ask you then what a typical kind of client would be for you what kind of business or individual will you serve a, a lot of our clients in in the northwest particularly tend to be entrepreneurial people people owning and running businesses or who have owned and run businesses uh, and they come to us because they need that personal service uh, we operate on a human scale you know we're, we're nothing like the size of of the big uh, the, the big banks that you hear about in the news but um, but that enables us to be more personal um, and so uh, 
you know, we, we build long-term relationships with clients. We're there for that journey and we're able to leverage the, the knowledge of uh, that we've built up over the years working with clients like that when we're helping clients either run their business, buy, buy a home, um, get a decent return on their deposits or, or plan for their future. And that might be protection or succession within their business. So lot, lots and lots of different things all under one roof. Um, and uh, my team here helped me help me to do that for our clients in the north. So can I ask you, do you cherry pick your clients? Are you only going to go for businesses that are mature and have been going for a long time and making a profit? Or or would you, we've got a smaller business we're going to talk to soon. Uh, will you allow startup and smaller businesses to bank with you? Yeah, we've been we've been known to do that. We don't do it uniformly because we, our our setup is wouldn't really support us being being a, a banker on that kind of scale. Um, but we do we do help smaller businesses, and particularly those where we think over the long term of that relationship we can add some value. Um, so it is about find making sure that we're we're looking after clients who are going to get something from us. Uh, it is a two-way relationship, uh, very much so with with our service. So uh, I wouldn't say we cherry pick, but we are looking to make sure we're we're offering value for money to clients. Okay. Now uh, we're in a, a, an environment where the economy is doing quite well from the point of view of unemployment. In the, I'm based in the northeast of England. You're based in the northwest. Both the northeast and the northwest had a really good set of unemployment figures announced this week. Yorkshire not quite so good. And in the Northeast, there was also uh, employment figures. The number of people being employed uh, went up. Uh, and the Northeast, surprisingly, saw the largest decrease in unemployment. For the first time in many, many years, the Northeast has got less unemployment than the national average as a percentage. Now, this benign environment is causing the interest rates to go up. Is it causing your clients to understand that it's benign and that maybe they have to watch their costs or are they what is their sentiment what would you describe their sentiment as as um i would say it it depends on on where your when you where your assets are placed so those who are invested in property for example are seeing um their yields being eaten into so it, it, there's a there's some restructuring going on in, in that part of the market they may be thinking about uh, how much leverage they have in their portfolio. Uh, we're also seeing clients considering whether or not cash offers a, a, a safer alternative to investments at the moment. We'll have discussions with them about that and, and that's really set set against their objectives. Um, the, the thing I hear most from clients particularly running businesses is around attracting and retaining talent. You know, this low unemployment actually is, um, is quite challenging when you're when you know when you're looking for growth and it's difficult to find the people who are going to help you to to realize that and of course the other end of the unemployment figures that i just uh, described was the wage growth figures which are at 7.3 percent now and in certain sectors they're even higher uh, depending on the, the talent issue now uh both the northwest and the northeast have had a lot of leveling up funding uh side has done particularly well out of different initiatives with its mayor and of course greater manchester with its mayor as it was first, it was first into the Northern Powerhouse initiatives. Maybe that can explain some of the uh, data we're getting on jobs. What, what is your bank wanting to do to get involved in this leveling up or this Northern Powerhouse uh, 
sort of momentum that's going on in different businesses? Well, I think I think where we fit in is with supporting that that entrepreneurial base. So those those job creators, those people who are running the businesses that are creating that growth in in the north and the northwest, um, and we're we're there to help support them, to help them make planning decisions about how they grow their business, what they do in the future. Uh, that in itself is um, drawing wealth into. Uh, into the region, and that trickles down to to the economy on a wider basis. And there's been some other banking things in the news recently. I, I'm just going to ask you a little, maybe not designed to be a trick question, but a little litmus test question. Uh, there's been quite a lot of news about people who've lost their banking statement uh, status, where, where they say they're politically exposed people. Uh, Nigel Farage was talking about it, but some People on uh, Labour and Liberal uh, uh, and uh, Conservative members of the House of Lords have talked about difficulties banking when they're high profile. And I was talking to a um, business a few months ago uh, that had defence contracts. It was a manufacturing business. It wasn't actually making munitions, but it was involved in the defence supply chain. And they'd had problems attracting bank finance. Do you take a more considered view than the ESG committees of the big banks? Um, I, I would say we take a very considered view. So we're very interested in in knowing who our clients are and what they do. Um, it's it's very important in the industry as a whole to um, make sure that we're living up to the the compliance and the anti money laundering rules that that we're set um, as banks to ensure that uh, sure that our clients are operating in in the right circumstances. Um, from an ESG point of view, I, d I, I wouldn't say that. Well, I know that that's not a, uh, a specific uh, consideration in terms of whether or not we would onboard a client, albeit that we, we are trying to get a feel for that individual, whether or not they, um, they're going to be a, you know, the type of client that we want to work with. Uh, and that, that's maybe an advantage that we have as a private bank. You can take a, uh, as a, a human view rather than a computer says no. Yeah, we're certainly not ticking boxes. We, um, yeah, we, 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 we do have quite a detailed onboarding process, which, you know, some of our clients will attest to. But ultimately, we come out of that really understanding them and, uh, and building up, you know, an excellent foundation for the future. Well, Chris, it's good. To, we'll come back to you probably, but it's good to hear about alternatives in banking. Now let's talk to Vicky. Vicky, you've set up a new business. It's a small business. Um, first of all, tell us what it does. Yes. So Settled is a service which helps people to close and transfer accounts when somebody's died. So we cover everything, everything from banks all the way through to social media accounts. So rather than them having to contact all companies separately, fill in lots of forms, send lots of emails, hang around on call keys, they can just come to us, fill in one form, upload one copy of the death certificate, and then we do the rest. And we pull all the details back for them in a very simple dashboard. And how do you make money doing it? What, what's the level of charges? Are you transparent about that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it's a free service for members of the public, and we charge businesses that use us because on the flip side, what we're doing is giving them operational efficiencies, which previously they didn't have access to. So the banks, the utilities, so on, they, they will pay for the service. Give, give me an example of the kind of business that would pay for your service. I mean, we notify over a thousand companies now, so it's all of the biggest banks through to, you know, the likes of your LinkedIn's and your Facebook's and 
So it depends on the level of partnership that we have with those organizations. But typically speaking, it, be, it could be any company that recognizes a need to improve customer care in their bereavement team. Um, and they will opt in for the platform that we've built and they'll pay for the, the notifications that we send them. Vicky, what's the, there is already a, 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 I can't remember the exact name, my, my late wife passed away about nine years ago, so I, I can remember doing it, I can't remember the name of it, but there is a service that's offered through government, Tell Them Once or something like that, so that driving licenses don't have to be cancelled, passports don't have to be cancelled. How does it differ to that? Yeah, so Tell Us Once is a great service. Um, the only issue is that it it covers, as you said, government accounts. It doesn't handle non-government accounts. So when somebody dies, yes, you can go and tell DBLA and council tax, but then you're still going to have to go and inform the banks, utilities, insurers, pension providers, so on and so forth. So we actually used Tell Us Once when my grandma passed away. She was the motivation for setting up Settled. But then it was all the other accounts that needed to be attended to, which took hours and then months of chasing up. Um, that led to the idea of building this platform, this service for the people. I do remember, uh, as it was a long time ago that I had to go through it, but uh, yeah, things like social media and Facebook was difficult. Uh, NHS pensions wasn't as easy as I'd thought, but we did get through it. And I suppose, I mean, I I was sort of bracing myself, but my, my late wife passed away and we knew that was going to happen, but particularly if it had been a shock to the system, if one wasn't prepared, if there is a sudden death, particularly for someone of the younger age or in work, that adds to the complexity. It can do, yeah. I think that's one of the challenges. So if, if the account details aren't stored or logged and the family isn't aware of how to access those accounts, it can certainly add to the complexity. Yeah, and we also see there's problems around missing or dormant accounts and policies. So if somebody's changed name or they've moved house, for example, it can sometimes be quite difficult to access those assets and in general we have a problem with that in the uk it's worth 20 billion pounds in terms of the assets that are left on the table because the details haven't been necessarily logged or stored ahead of time so uh you've got this new business that's been established and, and you said that you knew about it because you, know, you thought about it because you went through a personal experience with your grandmother um, yep. but how have you managed to what what hurdles have you had to navigate in order to establish the business Oh, it's been challenging. I think um, the first thing is that people don't necessarily know that they need you until they need you. So that's that's the difficulty, right? It's making sure that you reach people at the right time in a sensitive way. And the second thing is that there isn't a standard across the bereavement landscape. So, you know, we work with over a thousand companies. Um, it's been difficult to get to the point where they all work in the same way. Um, each has its own internal challenges, its own legacy systems. There's lots of things going on within that individual organization that make processes on the other side for individuals very difficult. If you think that most people leave behind 15 to 20 accounts, that's 15 to 20 different challenges that a family is going to face if they don't come to a company like ours. So we're getting there, but it's definitely been a, a process. It's, it's taken some time and, and uh, to wrestle those things through. And tell us about the staffing and the, the way the company's grown. Yeah, so we are, I mean, we're a technology company, right? So um, we benefit from the fact that this is an automated machine. So um, notifications come into us and then they are distributed out to organizations and we don't spend a lot of time at all on any of the manual processes that I think a, a, an individual or a family would have to, which means that we can keep our operations very lean. So we're a small team, we're growing 
but we don't need a lot of people to be able to handle the volumes that are that are coming through and are growing all the time. Okay, Chris, you've been listening to Vicky there. And I, I, I'm not going to ask you about your banks' policies on dealing with bereavement. <laughs> clearly, banks are an issue. But as a business, there's Vicky, a small business. How long have you been going now, Vicky? Been three years now. Three years. Is this is Vicky the kind of business that you think the the future of the north and of England depends on? That's technology. It's a novel idea, a bit of innovation. I mean, te- technology has been one of the the cornerstones of the, the the northern powerhouse as it's as it's grown up. So, and and that's you know definitely a huge growth area. We're we're seeing that in in Manchester where I'm based and and across the north. So. Absolutely, and I think there's a there's a whole range of of ways that uh, that businesses like Vicky's and like Settled can um, can access the, the the wider networks here. It is one of those big things around um, around leveling up is connectivity, and that's not just roads and rail. It's uh, it's relationships with people in the you know in in the uh, entrepreneurial sector for us, and and knowing what's going on. I know that it sounds had some help from some of the big law firms in the north of England. Uh, I think Womble Bond Dickinson have been supporting you and help, helping you out. Mm-hmm. But what about things? I don't, don't name your bank necessarily, but when it came to establishing the business and getting bank account going and everything, was that a hurdle for you? Is that a question to me? Yes. How did you find it when you were establishing the business three years ago, getting your banking sorted? Uh, we went with one of the challenger banks. And they were fantastic. They set everything up in a day. Right. And actually, because we, we, we got a grant through, we started out with an Innovate UK grant and we needed a, an account very quickly and we called the the mainstream banks and they couldn't help us. And then we went to a challenger and everything was sorted within 24 hours. They were fantastic. So I, I suppose, Chris, that's music to your ears because you're outside the big mainstream clearing houses, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. We're, when we're somewhere between the high street and the challenger banks. Um I was couldn't I couldn't commit to that kind of time frame, <laughs> but but we are we are always working towards it, and we want you know a big a big part of what we do is give time back to our clients, uh, and that that certainly is you know those days of form filling uh, we're we're trying to put behind us. Uh, and Natalie, uh, you do employ a couple of people, I know. What how are wage how's wage growth affecting your business? I mean, I think from our perspective we we've just budgeted in i mean when we did our forecasting to begin with we we always looked at the fact that we would need to increase salaries in line with performance and we would need to pay competitively so we've been okay on that front but i do know a lot of businesses that have really struggled um and and i think it's something to you know to be looked at um a lot of businesses that we know also are are dealing with contractors versus bringing in fts for that particular reason so it's not been a problem on our side, but I think, uh, generally speaking, I, I think it can be an issue in the in the wider industry, yeah. Well, Vicky, Chris, thank you for talking to us on the Northern Business Podcast. It's great to talk to you, and all the best with your venture, Vicky. Uh, I, sadly, I would have needed something like that a few years ago. Hopefully, I won't need it again for a long time. Uh, and, Chris, all the best with your banking. Maybe you'll have another 190 years. Thank you very much. Thank you. And thank you. now on the Northern Business Podcast, over to my colleague, Josh Havakin. Thanks, Graham. I'm pleased to be speaking with Donna James. Um, Donna is the research director at Popular Select. It's a recruitment and research firm which specializes in senior and skilled positions in the science and specialist engineering sectors. Um, Populous is headquartered in Darlington in the sunny northeastern Tees Valley. 
but it does have offices in Germany and London and works with firms across the world, including the US, the UAE, Australasia, the Far East, and just about everywhere else. I think the only place you're not in is Antarctica. Um, so thank you very much for coming on, Donna. It's my pleasure. Great to see you. Brilliant. So some interesting figures out recently from the Office for National Statistics all around employment and remuneration. Um, the Northeast, where I'm based, has historically been the worst region for work. Um, but it appears it's proven a bit of a talisman for success. Um, the regional unemployment rate up here in the Northeast in March to May uh, was 3.5%. Um, that is a fall of 07 in the three months from December 2022 to February 2023. Um, and that compares with a rise of 02 to 4% in the UK as a whole. So that's a, a record law for this sunny little corner of uh, the UK. And it's very rare that the Northeast has an unemployment rate of below 5%. Um, and more good news, the Northeast employment rate, so that's people who were in work, rose again from March to May by 1.4%. That was the second best performance in the UK after the West Midlands, which had a 1.9% um, raise. And that's also gained above the UK average of 0.2%. So... Donna, have you ever known the Northeast to do so well? Well, I think it's first, I think it's absolutely great news from the Northeast uh, for our region, um, showing such strong uh, figures uh, there. And it's, you're quite right, it's very rare for the Northeast to be uh, top of the charts, as it were. Um, I, I, I think uh, there have been times when um, we've seen good figures, but as I said, it's very rare. And uh, it's 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 always some hurdle for the northeast to be uh, at the top of those growth charts uh, in that way. Obviously, you specialise in STEM roles, as I've mentioned. Do these figures stack up with what you're seeing here and in, in the other countries that you're working in? I think uh, STEM STEM roles are maintaining uh, their their real uh, wage growth much more than other sectors. Uh, financial services um, have have has has remained quite strong. But anecdotally, um, I've heard uh, of a uh, 25% um, rise in um, STEM uh, wages. And the data supports STEM, um, well, the professional, the scientific sector holding up well against inflation. So in the figures for 2000, um, 2022, for example, it was professional and scientific sector was the only sector that kept pace with uh, such the, the high inflation that we saw. Brilliant. Well, thank you, Don. I'm going to ask you one last question, um, and this is your own opinion. Do you think that we've seen the end of wages increasing at this kind of rate? Uh, not yet. That's right, well, my opinion. I think we might see continued inflationary pre pressure from wages for a little while um, uh, until uh, and, until we see those interest rates um, come down and inflation in general, come down a bit. Well, there you have it. So, thank you very much, Donna. I'm going to go back to Graham now. Thank you very much for your time. I'm sure we'll have you thank on you. the episode soon. I look forward to that. Thank you very much. Thanks, Joss and Donna. Now, if you'd like to join us as a guest on Northern Business Podcast or you know someone who you think would be a good guest, do get in touch because we're booking for our autumn schedule now. You can get in touch via LinkedIn or in the comments below. And also join us next week for the next Northern Business Podcast. Never miss an episode. Like, rate and subscribe on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts.